Podcast Studios. This is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey now. What's good? Happy 519 Day to everybody who lives in the great 519 area. Although people are all over the place anyway. There's people living in 416 with 905 area codes and 647s everywhere. There's people with, what is it, 226? Is that the new 519 226 area code? 226 is, yeah, exactly. Yep, a 226 is the new like area code. that we, The newest one, I think, although there's, there's been a couple, no? But yeah, 226. Apparently, though, 519, geographically, is the biggest area code in Ontario. So if you're celebrating 519 Day, May 19th, Happy 519 day to you. We, oh, can I do a 519-esque thing here? Yeah, sure. Okay, so I got a theory. We know, and this is based on yesterday's conversation about uh, who actually called for the Emergencies Act to be declared during the trucker convoy. And, And the Ottawa police have said, we didn't ask for it. The RCMP have said they didn't ask for it. So lo and behold, yesterday I was driving home and I was listening to an interview with Marco Mendicino, the minister in charge. And he was flat out asked, who did it? And he wouldn't answer the question, but he did say it was strongly supported by the Association of Chiefs of Police. Hmm. Do you know who the chair or president of the Association of Chiefs of Police is? I'm going to venture a guess that it is our current uh, our current chief. Yes. uh, Police Chief Brian Larkin of the Waterloo Regional Police. Now, I don't know if there's anything here, but I will point out that Chief Larkin gave his notice. Because he's now been hired as Deputy Commissioner for Special Police Services at the RCMP. I think he'll do a good job. I like Brian. I do like Brian quite a bit. I think that's very interesting, though, that if it was the Association of Chiefs of Police that did request this, that now he's been appointed to the Mounties. That's a a strange one to me. But anyway, we will wait and see how it all unfolds. Oh, we got drama today, Kat. Oh, what name where it's coming from, because there's a shit ton of drama. Well, don't even get me started on gas prices, but we will get to that in a few. And oh, by the way, Dave Blizzard is going to join us on this episode of After 9. And we've got special guests on to talk about the premiere of their brand new show tonight. I'm excited about that show, by the way, if I can say quickly, anybody interested in like Hoarders? Okay, if you've ever watched the show Hoarders, cool. I also like home improvement type shows on HGTV. This is a combo. These are people fixing up what once was a hoarder's home, overgrown trees, shit everywhere inside. Basically, like you could have set the place on fire and it would have been better. But they take these homes, they use the bones and they make them something pretty. And I'm, I have many questions. So we will get to that. <laughs> Yesterday, Green Party leader Mike Schreiner announced that he had tested positive for COVID-19. That's too bad because Mike is doing so well and he had a great debate and people like him and they think there's going to be more green seats at the legislature. Uh, he's coming out as the viable alternative to the the nonsense that's going on between the liberals and the NDP who do nothing but fight each other over why the other keeps attacking the other. It's crazy. So Schreiner, this is the horrible time, worst time for him to get it. He's got to isolate with two weeks to go before the campaign. Mm-hmm. It sucks. It does. It's shitty timing for sure. Well, now this morning, NDP leader Andrea Horvath has announced she tested positive. Okay, you know how COVID works. Yeah, of course, especially Omicron. You test positive after you've 
already had the virus for a little yeah. while. It's just one of the, the ways that that variant happens to work for most people. It, there were a lot of people in the building at that debate. I assume all of them are going to be swabbing the shit out of themselves today going, am I sick? Am I sick? Because you know that feeling before you get sick? Maybe some of them are experiencing it. Maybe some people have no symptoms. But you know it probably spread throughout that building Clearly, right? Uh, before you go on, let me just clarify. Yes, they were all in the same place at the same time just days ago for the leaders debate. Yeah. So I would imagine Doug Ford, anybody else who is present, anybody else, it, although even if they may not be testing negative, like you said, you know how this thing works too. It takes a couple days. So we'll see. But it is, yeah, it's unfortunate timing for all of them. I mean, I guess I feel bad for them, but I'm also like, okay, good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah, I mean, uh, the good news is, Andrea and Get it Mike, out of the way. <laughs> you're going to be just fine. Like yeah. 99.9% of the others who yes. caught it, you're going to be fine, and you'll be back on the campaign trail by next week. With a week to go, you can go out and try and woo some voters. Sure, you can. And also just being there on the night, right? You want to be there with your party that supported you the entire time, no matter who your party is. So I think having it now ahead of that, instead of having it on the night of the election... If you had to pick and choose, I'm just saying, now's a better option. The advanced polls open today. Mm -hmm. As of today, you can vote at advanced polling locations. They will be open today through May the 28th from 10 a.m. until 8 p.m. And when I first read that this morning, I thought, yeah, fucking right. Okay, I can go and get this done. And then on Election Day, I can play golf and just watch the results come in. Mm Mm-hmm. Then it occurred to me, I still don't know who I'm going to vote for. Oh, that would be... <laughs> you need to have the oh, decision. You, don't you just want to go into the box and go eeny, meeny, miny, mo? Do you don't want to play that game? No, I... Uh... <laughs> I, I, Some people do. I will cast a vote on on knowledge and, and what I have learned and also on preference. And I'm undecided. I, I truly do not know how I'm going to vote. Although this has been one of the more fun elections. Some bizarre stuff has happened. We have uh, the Ontario Secondary School Teachers Federation, one of the most powerful education unions in the province. That has come out and endorsed the Green Party candidates in Guelph, Mike Schreiner himself. Oh, very good. And Perry Sound Muskoka, uh, Richter, I think is his name. That's bizarre that a secondary school, the secondary school teachers union, is endorsing parties or candidates other than mm-hmm. the Liberals or the NDP. Because wow. that's the way it's always gone. They'll never endorse Doug. They'll never endorse sure. the, the current administration. But yeah, they endorsed Green Party candidates. And that makes me happy. I'm glad. I hope that Mike does really well. And I, I hope that we do elect more Green MPPs. That would be good. Uh, and, and like I said at the beginning, the fighting between the NDP and the Liberals is great. Uh, Stephen Del Duca is accusing Andrea Horvath of handing the election to Doug Ford because Andrea pointed out that the candidate, liberal candidate in Chatham-Kent-Leamington was fraudulently registered for the election. Okay. I don't know if they were or weren't, but Andrea says this is a serious issue that Steve Del Duca should respond to. He shouldn't take it as an attack. He should simply respond to it. Then Del Duca said... The NDP has got to stop criticizing his candidates. He said they were desperation tactics that are going to hand the election to Doug Ford. Uh, Steve, I've got news for you. That's not what's going to hand this election to Doug Ford. That's not what's going to do it. And I think it's kind of funny, actually, to see at a time when they probably should have been looking at working together. Now they're fighting each other. It's a race for second place. And I don't blame Andrea for putting up a bit of a fight. 
the results of this thing are going to be fascinating. And I'm really, really curious to see how it goes down. But we have another problem to deal with. And I'm still not even at the gas prices. Don't even get me started yet. It, it's coming. I just need to clear oh, my mind for a minute. It's getting better, though. <laughs> Ugh, fuck. I do want to say, though, that... Um, uh, where was I going with this? What was my story? Was it monkeypox? Because there's also that oh, shit happening. Yeah, the monkeypox thing is just... My, what the stupid. fuck? <laughs> it's stupid. It's honestly, stupid. It's honestly stupid. Why? Do, and I understand there's a reason why they call it monkeypox. That's fine. I don't even know the... I, don't, I couldn't tell you the history of the damn thing. But come on, really? I mean, we've had enough. There's the aliens. There was obviously the COVID. There's a lot of shit going on. Good people are dying. And here we are with monkeypox. Uh, what I was going to go with was the carjackings. So we talked uh, about yeah. Mitch Marner the other day. This is a big problem, Kat. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how many times in a day Toronto police in particular have to tweet out that there was another armed carjacking. Are we the only ones not packing? Like, is it every bad guy is and we're all completely undefended? Because it's getting scary here. Well, I'm thinking more along the lines of, and I know there's investigators, they do this. This is what they do for a living. They're looking into it. But I'm thinking more along the lines of this is a bigger ring than we know of. And now we're starting to hear the stories of it, right? A lot of them seem mm, similar. Um, where are these cars being taken? And I think once you figure out where those cars are being taken, because we know I've talked about how these things work, right? I mean, they take the cars and they're going underground. You can't see them. You can't find them. They're taking them apart. They're changing the the VIN. They're doing all the things that they need to do. And then they're shipping them out. They're they're not going to be here anymore. They're going to ship them out to, I don't know, another, another country, likely across the sea, maybe, um, because all these people have connections. It could be that. It could just be a couple assholes doing it and getting away with it for the time being. But I'm wondering if there's a bigger thing going on in that people are jacking those cars and taking them. And it's a it's a bigger deal, basically. It's going to be like a cargo ship worth of these fucking cars. Because I hear you every other day. No, every day, probably. You hear multiple stories of this. Well, it seems like nobody's safe. I mean, they're going to mall parking lots. Yeah. They're going to places where people are thinking they're safe and unsuspecting. Uh, Just yesterday, a woman was carrying her groceries back to her car. Another vehicle pulls up. Guy jumps out with a gun. Give me your car. Give me your keys. Give me your purse. And people are not just getting robbed. They're getting hurt, too. Some of these involve assaults. And and the... Those are the physical injuries that we talk about, but that leaves a long-lasting mm-hmm. scar when you've been held at gunpoint. Someone's demanding your purse and your keys. It's like, what's wrong with people, too? And I mean, I hear the stories about people trying to jack cars in people's driveways, right? And this happens. you got to be safe. you got to be careful. But just, I don't know, was it a month ago that we had that story and there was footage to go along with it of the father who brought one kid out, was going back in to get another kid to bring them to the car, and someone tried to jack their car. But the father fought back in this particular case, and I think everybody ended up okay. But it's just like fucking savage. Like, it's, it's savagery out there to, to take these cars and it is scary, Scott. It is. When you think that you're going to a movie like Mitch Marner, for example, or you're going to the mall, you're just enjoying yourself on a day-to-day basis. you got family with you. Like, it's scary for me with young kids. Like, should I be worried? I don't know. Does anybody want my car? Maybe not. But it still scares the shit out of me. Decriminalize basic, non-lethal methods of defense. Oh, I said it. No, oh, yeah. I mean, whatever. I, we I, should be able to carry pepper spray. Well, a lot of people do. I know they do, do. but you're technically not allowed to, and you could get charged for it. You know, I don't give a fuck. If someone's going to approach me in my car, I'm using the mace on my keychain. I'm going to spray you in the fucking face. I'm going to, I'm going to absolutely protect not just my property, but myself and my family. And who are you going to, what are you going to do? Go report that to the police? Have fun doing it. 
have fun reporting me to the police for you jack- attempting to jack my car. Forget it. Everyone, please be extra vigilant, particularly if you are going to be in Toronto, where the bulk of these things seem to be happening. Although there's no boundaries on this. There's no border on it. There is just bad people out there that are doing crazy shit. And they're doing it because they can get away with it. And we don't exactly have a lot of uh, disincentive for that. Punishments are next to nothing. Probably going to get out on bail. It's a real broken system that we have here. And do what you have to do. Protect yourself. Watch your surroundings, get in and out of your car as quickly as possible and get in or out of wherever you're going as quickly as possible. I think that's the best advice I can give you until someone stands up and says, here's what we're doing to combat the problem. Here's how you can defend yourself. So be careful. We'll bring in Dave Blizzard, who has finally connected to the After 9 podcast studio. Hi, Dave. How are you? <laughs> it's such a snide little throw in, finally connected to the <laughs> podcast studio. What the hell? You told me to call in at this time. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we're 12 minutes in and Dave finally decides to join us. Oh, so. oh my God. What are, you, what are you doing that's so important, Dave? No. Yeah. All kinds of stuff. A rare Thursday appearance, <laughs> but that's good. Um, we can't afford this. What's going on right now at the pumps? I, we, we can't afford it. And, and they're saying, okay, well, it went down three cents into <laughs> Thursday, and it's going to go down 10 cents into Friday. And I'm thinking- It's still like a buck 98. It's even still when it too goes, fucking much. Even when it goes down, yeah. it's still not right. We're still celebrating that it's gone. It's going down. And people are like legitimately on social media going, woohoo, it's dropping 13 cents. I'm so glad I waited to fill up till tomorrow. Yeah. Like, it's still insane. What are you talking about? Yeah. And, and it's funny because I feel the same way and I want to be celebratory because at any other time, a 13 cent drop would be, wow, that's great. I'm going to buy gas for my car and everybody else's. Gas is on me today. It's down 13 cents. But that really makes us lose sight of the fact that it's incredibly expensive right now and way more than it needs to be. And a lot of it, there's geopolitical concerns. Everybody understands that. But a lot of it's taxes, too. Is is nobody going to stand up and say, you know what? I'm going to take a break on the HST for a little bit. Could Justin and Doug not work that out? Because people are really struggling. They say the average person is going to spend $5,000 this year. On gas because of the prices they're at. Just to tie this all together with a beautiful bow, the last time the Maple Leafs made it to the second round of the (laughs) NHL playoffs, gas was 52.4 cents a liter. 52.4. That's stupid, right? When you hear that, it's like, get out of here. Get the fuck out of here with that. (laughs) Which thing annoys you more? That it's been that long since the Leafs made the playoffs, or that's what the gas prices were? Both. It's true. Both? Uh, while we're talking about gas, oh, and again, don't fill up today if you can avoid it. Today's Thursday, the 19th of May. Wait until tomorrow, Friday, because in all likelihood, it will go back up a bit before the end of the long weekend. Let's talk about money for a second here. How much do you have to make a year to be considered rich? Dave? It used to be six figures. It used to be, if you're making over a hundred grand a year, you're pretty well, you're set. If you're making over 150, you're rich. Right. Dave, what do you think people said in 2022? Well, I would define it as, oh man, I'm trying to think of what the right dollar value be, would be, but I would think it would be you're rich if you don't have to check your bank account every time something goes in or comes out. Mm, okay. 
I'm like not if you're rich like, and I don't check my bank account. <laughs> I, I, well, mostly because I'm afraid of what I'm going to see. Me too. <laughs> well, right. But I, what I mean is that it, you're not afraid that something bad's going to happen. Uh-oh. It went into overdraft or uh-oh, insufficient funds and things like that. You think you're I rich kinda, if you don't go uh, into overdraft. Like, think about, <laughs> really? What that's, are you saying? That's what uh, rich is to you? It's kind of, it's the bars. Yeah. He's you know, right. It's getting lower. It's getting lower. It is getting lower. Absolutely. If you can skate by with all your bills paid and and you enjoyed whatever it was you wanted to enjoy yeah. and there's still a little bit left over, as in you're not totally paycheck to paycheck, you're probably excelling in this current economy. See, but I would call yeah. that comfortable. I would call that comfortable. I would not say rich. I it, would not call that rich. How would you define rich then? I would define rich if I mean if I had to throw a number on it at the, like this day and age. And Scott's absolutely right. It used to be like you make the sunshine list, if you will. You're over hundred thousand dollars. You are rich. That's certainly not the case now. I would probably rich to me means y- you have potentially multiple houses or have the opportunity to do it if you want to. I'd say you make closer to like fucking half a million a year. It's getting that way, Kat. Uh, It's a new, real in-depth study on money and wealth and where people are parking their money and how many are going to crypto versus how many are buying old-fashioned bonds and T-bills and shit. But they asked people about salary. How much do you have to make a year to be rich? It grossly varies depending on what generation you're from. Gen Z. Estimates you need to make about $394,000 a year to be considered rich. Millennials say it's $721,000 a year. Almost three quarters of a million dollars Uh a year to be considered rich. Gen X, even more, $887,000. And the baby boomers, just over a million dollars a year in income (laughs) to be considered rich. Isn't it funny? The older you get, the more yes. money. It, but you know why? Because they've had to pay bills for so yes. long. Mm-hmm. They've had the, they've had to pay for the cost of living. Uh, a Gen Zer might not have had to pay for that long. Uh, no. A millennial may still live at home and may still have a lot of things taken care of for them. So there's a lot of life experience that changes yeah. your opinion on this. I think. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's it's a matter of experience and you certainly do pay all those bills. And also right around that time you hit like millennials currently, we're the ones having the babies right now. And you realize the cost of raising children while yeah. keeping your mortgage going, while doing this and that and next and all the bills are piling up. So you realize uh, I'm no longer what I think might be comfortable. I'm potentially struggling or it's, it's harder for me. Rich to me is much higher than what a Gen Z a great example because that's someone who likely does live at home still or gets a little bit of help potentially right not everybody so they see it as oh yeah if i make that much i'm rich yeah just you wait until reality comes along and slaps you in the face yeah in all fairness though for the boomers one asterisk on this is they say you're also rich if you have around a million dollars in savings (laughs) okay and maybe people don't have a million dollars in the bank but As a boomer, you're probably much more likely to either have a paid off home or a very close to paid off home. Correct. And no home is going for less than a million dollars right now. Yes. So you might qualify as rich just by having a paid off mortgage. Yeah. The thing is, the housing market seems to be hitting the hill a little bit lately. It's really cooling off. Uh, Despite what we just said, by the way, about the money. Millennials think you need $721,000 a year in salary. Gen X, $887,000. More than half of us, 51%, believe that one day we will be rich. 
It's getting harder and harder to keep that dream alive. Sure. I mean, I like confidence. Don't get me wrong. I like confidence and I don't want to be a doubter. But where's the money coming from? Do they want? Do they think? Great question. Where? Uh, okay, so we're not rich, just so everyone knows. In fact, we uh, are basically the opposite. All three of us. So we can have some fun with this question because they asked regular people. When you think of rich people, uh-huh. where do you think they invest their money? Kat, how do the rich get richer? What do you think? I'd say it's mainly, I think, I'm not going to go crypto or anything. I want to say like property. Property. Dave, what about you? Yeah, that's right. That's where I would go with it too. And then there's those rare examples of somebody who is smart to invest in a startup that ends up blowing up. But I think- You have to have a little luck with that though. Yeah, totally. I think the best way to go is is what uh, Kat said with real estate. Real estate is number one. Average people- on average, think that real estate is the number one place that the wealthy invest their money. Stocks was a very close second, followed by business investments and then business ownership. Man, if you've got a business that still hasn't fully recovered, and when you own a business, you still have a life outside of that too, you're paying your business costs, plus you're paying your household costs that we all pay. It's got to be incredibly tight for them right now. Mm-hmm. I The pressure on people is crazy. And I know the banks keep saying, oh, well, you know, it'll be a little bit of short-term pain. You know, there's going to be a little bit of pain, but it's for the long-term gain. I don't know if we're going to make it out of the short-term pain. I mean, people are really, really getting desperate here right now. And And isn't it always the people that are not feeling the pain that suggest it'll just be a short while of pain? Oh, the person, the people who run the Bank of Canada have zero clue how regular people make it work. And nobody really does. I mean, I would say that I'm on the, I'm probably right in the middle of middle class. And then I look to people that are making much smaller amounts and making it work, and I truly can't figure out how they do it. If you've got a combined household income of, what's the average now? Is it like 70,000 or 75,000 combined household income? That sounds about right. I don't know for sure. No idea how you make it work. I have no idea how you pay a mortgage, Pay a car payment, put gas in your car, food on the table, pay your gas, hydro, and have any money left over to do anything other than that. And you see, that's why I said anybody who's able to pay pay their bills without going into overdraft every month and without having to, you know, worry about everything that goes in and out of their bank account is a level of rich. Like if you can afford to get the garlic sticks with the pizza, you're living pretty (laughs) good. Oh, you threw in a dipping sauce. Okay, Bill Gates. Oh, yeah. Take take it easy, Elon. (laughs) Chicken wings. Get the fuck out of here. Come on. Um. Let's talk about pets. We are all dog owners. Where does your dog sleep? You ever let him sleep in the bed? Cat, you used to, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I have no trouble with Leo sleeping in the bed. He used to a lot more. Um, he, he's, you know what? I wouldn't even say that it's because he's, a, he's an old man now, um, but he prefers it in the middle of the house so he can keep an eye on everybody. I, th- I really think that's why, especially once we had kids, He's kind of a protector in a way. So he likes to be right in the middle so he can he knows where everybody's sleeping. He does not come into the bed anymore. He's like the bouncer. He's the, he's he's the bouncer cl- of your house. We're the club. He's the bouncer. That's it. He has a red velvet rope outside of your door. <laughs> You're not on the list. <laughs> You're not on the list. You can't come in. <laughs> uh, Dave, what about you? Uh, yeah. Begrudgingly, my dogs sleep in the bed. Uh, it was not my choice. Both? I wanted both dogs oh, wow. Wait, is it that the dogs won't take no for an answer or that your wife won't take no for an answer they ganged up on me 
all, oh, all of them got together and they made a pact uh, and I don't like it, but it's, what am I going to do? I, so put it this way. I have a king size bed. Okay. I know I'm, I know I'm rich. Uh, I, have a king, <laughs> I have a king size bed and I have the least amount of room in the bed. No. I'm the biggest person. I'm the biggest, biggest creature in the bed and I am, I'm the one with the smallest amount of room. It's basically a sliver on the edge. I've got two small dogs. We've talked about this in the pod before. Um, both of them are chorkies. One's five pounds. One's 10 pounds, but they sleep perpendicular between us it's almost like an h so i don't oh. know if they're just trying to keep us away from each other or or what but in the middle of the bed like my dog lays on his side and puts his paws out so he looks like a human sleeping on its side wow so, yeah so he takes up a ton of the room and, and that's the 10 pounder the other one is starting to sleep on his own bed beside the bed and he's the older one so it's weird that he's kind of getting out of that habit and mm-hmm. sleeping on his own huh uh, for Charlie, we don't really let him on the bed, but we also can't stop him if he wants on the bed. Like the dog a weighs 105 boy. He's pounds. He's a big yeah. boy. That's a person, yeah. basically. And you're another person. You've got a third person in your bed, basically. Well, last night was <clears throat> in particular weird. And part of the reason that this came to mind, I, I got out of the shower and I went to say goodbye to my girlfriend before I came to work. And I almost tripped over the dog. <laughs> he pulled a pillow off the bed onto the floor and was sleeping on the pillow <laughs> beside her. It was crazy. You got to be comfy. 58% of people in relationships say they would rather sleep next to their pet than to their significant other. Ooh. Oh. Well, that stings Ooh. a little bit, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Really? Wow. Although that is a that is an interesting proposition because if I were to ask my wife, I don't know which one she'd pick. <laughs> Two thirds of us are okay with a dog sleeping in the bed. 58% would rather sleep with the pet than their partner. And then they asked, why? Here we go. The number one answer that people want the dog there in the bed is because they're part of the family. Sure. 54%. It helps. So? Well, I know. <laughs> I've got, I've There's got other family members, members of their own family. beds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they don't I'm sleep inviting, in bed. I'm not inviting everybody in there. <laughs> yeah. Uncle Jim, pop in. <laughs> we'll make room. No problem. No. Not weird at all. Uh, 51% say it helps lower their stress and anxiety. Mm. It adds to mine. Every time the dog moves, it disturbs me and I don't like it. If I put my hand near my girlfriend, I get the, because he doesn't like me touching her. He's very jealous of our relationship. So I don't think that would help my anxiety, but if it helps you, sure. It's easier to settle in and fall asleep with them there. I think there's probably something to that. When you get that big furry dog that you can cuddle up with? Yeah, I, I mean, I think so. I don't mind if uh, if Leo joins me for a nap, for, if he ever decides to. And I do think there's a calming factor there. I agree with that. There's a calming factor. Unless your dog is a little nuts and like all over the place. Um, I, I think that's fine. Yeah. Dave, do you find it easier to settle in with the two dogs there with you? So my my dog has a um, a disturbance issue. It's apparently a real thing with certain breeds where he, he gets nudged in his sleep. And if he's awoken like abruptly, he goes into like this trance, like he starts growling. He doesn't attack or anything like that. He'll go after his his brother, the little dog, the littler dog. Aww. He'll go after him because he's the only one that he can actually go after. But he'll get off the bed and do like this, <laughs> like he's in a trance until he finds him and then and then growls at him. We have to legitimately say shake it off to get him to stop and when he does he just goes oh all right goes back to bed it's the weirdest thing it's like he's it's so crazy like a taylor swift song and all dance together just to make him stop yeah yeah and that's the only way we get him to stop and when he finally does you're like oh okay cool like he goes goes right back to sleep 
44% say their quality of sleep is better with the dog in there. And 42% say it makes them feel more secure at night. Well, with crime as out of control as it is right now, maybe we do need that extra security factor, huh? Absolutely. I do think there's a good, whether they're in your bed or not, I, I definitely realize there is a security factor there. With my dog, he's blind as a bat, but he can still hear people if they're coming up the driveway. Dave, did you see the new Hot Pocket invention? No. What's going on with this uh, innovation? So here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. Oh, there's always a so, thing. You know, always I'm, a I'm thing. Getting, I'm getting really tired of doing these podcasts with you guys. You get me all excited <laughs> about things, and then there's... But, but wait, there's more. Okay, so I think they're coming. I think they're coming here to Canada, though. I think this is pretty legit for here. By I'm the not, end of the month. Uh, yeah, there you go. So they are coming to Canada. So there's a good news if this excites you. First and foremost, though, do you eat Hot Pockets, Dave? No, I don't. Of course, yeah. Uh, not not anymore, but banana. back in the Funny, day. Funny, they don't make you. them in vegan. Yeah, they don't? What? It's <laughs> like nothing but meat and cheese. No, it's just a pocket. That's it. They just send <laughs> you a pocket. There's nothing in it. It's your pocket. They're coming out with basically what's a cold version of Hot Pockets. And you know what oh. the messed up thing is? They're not even calling them cold pockets, which they should. It's like they're they're trying to... They're trying to Tell us that they're like these deli sandwiches, but it's in the hot pocket wrap, but it's cold. You still get it out of the freezer section and you have to thaw it out on your counter. Oh, God. Or nuke it for like 20 seconds in order to eat it. No interest? No? Nobody? I think it's gross. I think it's gross personally. So it's just like a, let's say like a, like a deli, like ham and cheese? Yes. Ham and cheese. Yeah. Deli, basically okay. deli stuffed into this. Yes, deli this meats isn't and more, uh, This isn't more convenient. This doesn't make a sandwich better. This is a crappier version of a sandwich. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Pepperoni and cheese, turkey and cheese, ham and cheese, or just cheese. You can be... They, they <laughs> Wait say, a minute. Wait a minute. Pepperoni and cheese, you know what that is? That's a pizza. It's a pizza. <laughs> what are we doing? Well, in this particular case, what they'd like you to do is, and they come in a pack of four, take one out in the morning, stick it in your kid's lunch bag. The kid will have the benefit of it keeping their other items cooler throughout the day, but it's thawing leading up to being thawed and ready to eat at lunch hour. Know what I mean? I guess. But wow, what a process for something that's probably not even that good. What a treat for you. Or you can nuke it for 20 seconds. Do you know how scalding hot that gross cheese is going to be after it's been in the microwave? And the ham, too? No deli meat should be microwaved. None. Yeah, yeah. Microwave a little bit of roast beef. Uh, Doesn't that sound gross? Well, let's get something a little more in your wheelhouse, Dave. Salad is also on the radar today. If you're telling me they're putting it in a hot pocket, I'm leaving. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Take a frozen salad and let it thaw out. (laughs) That's great. Great idea. So it's a big salad study. And I know, but... (laughs) (laughs) This might be one of the lamest things we've ever said on the podcast. But it's fucking legit. It's it's by the Fresh Company. (laughs) Big salad company. Big study coming your way, guys. Get ready for this. All right, here we go. Here we I go. I love salads. I love salads. I'm I'm interested. Uh, we should say that coming up, we're going to be talking to uh, a couple of the cast members from Hoarder House Flippers, which premieres tonight on HGTV. So stick around for that. But back to the salad. When you add up everything, the ultimate salad should be chopped. Agree or disagree? Yeah, I like a good chopped Agree. salad. Tossed with the dressing as opposed to the dressing drizzled on top. Agree. Dave? 
Uh, ooh, oh. You're not like a yeah. dipper. You're not like a lettuce no, dipper, are no, you? No, I don't dip my lettuce. No, <laughs> I'm trying to think if it's more of a toss or if it's just a drizzle. Um, I, I'm a tosser. All right. Please don't, please don't take that separate. Dave that is a salad tosser. Keep, keep the clip of that, please. Uh, presented as a side dish as opposed to a meal. Uh-uh. Uh, ooh. uh-uh. I'm both. I, I go, I go, I, I can do either. I can do a, uh, as a side or I can just do it as the main. Yeah. Just kind of depends. I'm a texture guy with salads and that. I want crunch. I want, you know, freshness and all of that. So I'll throw on, um, you know, like a, one of those salad mixes that has, you know, um, sesame seeds in it or things like that or a, whatever. Just something to add mm-hmm. uh, a texture to it. And loaded with toppings. Yeah. Yep. That's me. Yep. That's exactly Agree. what I said. Yeah. I, like for me, it's yeah. a meal. So it's got to have all the things I like inside of it. Okay. So, so far you guys are with the majority and we're going to get to the toppings in a sec because that's where we're going to have to disagree and draw some lines here. But Uh-oh. salad base, iceberg lettuce, spinach, romaine. What are you going with? I- I'm going to go romaine on this one. Yeah, I'm sticking romaine too. I'll do a mix. Of romaine, spinach, and iceberg, actually. I'm good with all three of those. Sure. And you can. You certainly can. If you like crunchy toppings, the most popular choice is croutons. It beat out walnuts and almonds. Croutons are too hard. I think that depends how croutony they are. I suppose so. Like I know some people are like, fresh croutons. I mean, I don't do croutons anyway. I prefer the seeds. For seeds, like hemp hearts are also a great little mix in there, a little, just a tiny bit of crunch, but I don't want to have to stop down and use my molars in my salad. Like, I'm not interested. You, you know what? <laughs> you're, you're, it's you're a, the, yeah. you're, you're the eye tooth salad forward. Here. I thought yeah. about it. I molars don't it. get involved no, when cat eats salad. They shouldn't need to be involved. I shouldn't have to, ha- it shouldn't be that hard. It should be easy for me. I've never thought about which teeth I'm using when I eat a salad ever. <laughs> it's never come up ever. <laughs> now you'll be very aware. Okay, so again, (laughs) let's agree or disagree. Uh, Savory toppings on a salad should include eggs. So a Cobb salad, I'm going to say yes on that. No problem. I I love me a Cobb salad. Seeds? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cheddar cheese? Mm. No, no, it's so American. Stop putting cheese on everything. (laughs) Again, every, like, every, go for a side salad at like Wendy's in the States. And it's like you have nine types of cheese. There's more cheese than lettuce. Yeah. This it's, isn't a salad anymore. It depends on the salad. Like, I mean, a little bit of feta on a salad, for example, fine. Cheddar cheese would not be a go to for me. Uh, so what do you just take like a block of cheddar and chop it up? Is that how that works? Do you grade it? I think they should grade you can, it. You can get it. I mean, go to any go to a pita pit, for example, and get a salad at pita pit. That's an option. You can absolutely put shredded cheddar on your salad and people do it. Okay. All right. Again, we're getting to the controversy here. That's coming up in just a sec. But first, the average person puts about three toppings on a salad. Most of the time, it is a fruit or veggie. Yes or no to tomato? Yes. Oh, yeah. Cucumber? Yep. Yes. Carrots? No. Mm -hmm. They're trash. They taste taste like dirt. Holy shit. Well, you got to wash them first, Kat. No, I don't like them. I don't like them. I don't like them anyway. What, okay, are you amiable to different types? Like if you do matchstick carrots, if you do, um, you know, chopped up baby carrots, things like that. Are you are you open to trying that? No, sir. 
Wow. wow. No, I'm, wow. I'm, I'm, sans, is, I'm sans carrot. That mind is closed. Yep. That is a hell of a line to draw. You know what? It's one of those things when you grow up. Let me just, side note, sorry, I don't want to go off topic. But when you grow up, right, your t- parents usually, whoever your guardian was, was teaching you, you got to eat your vegetables, got to eat them, forcing you to eat the shit that you really didn't like. And then you become an adult and you realize some of this stuff was legit. I actually didn't like it. And for me, carrots were one of those things. I actually don't like carrots. So I don't, I try not to force too many of those veggies on my kids now, but for me, I always hated the taste of carrots, but I felt like I got to eat them. They're apparently good for you. No, you don't. And so my adult choices, no carrots. Okay. Let's talk dressing for a sec. You've got three choices. You got to pick one. Balsamic vinaigrette, blue cheese, ranch. Uh, Um, Out of those three, I'm going balsamic. Oh, yeah, I would probably go balsamic. I'm not I'm not against ranch, but for me, ranch is a dip, not a dressing. Balsamic vinaigrette was the most popular salad dressing, but it only got 13% of the vote. We're very evenly split. Even, and I hate to say it, but Russian dressing made the list. <gasps> do we call it that still, or do we change that? I you, think we got to change that. You commie salad-eating bastards. <laughs> <laughs> The survey also uncovered some toppings that I'm going to say some of these should never make it into a salad and don't belong in a salad, but we'll appease them a little bit. Seeds. Kat, you said you like them in a salad. Dave, I think you agreed, right? Yep. 32% say, yep, I like seeds in my salad. What about popcorn? Okay. Like, fuck. That's just, no. No. Popcorn. Do we have like, to say no to that? And that's a no. Everybody knows this, right? Gra- grab yourself a pan of Orville Redenbacher and make yourself some popcorn. You put the popcorn in the salad. Apparently, people do this. Dave, have you heard of uh, this before? I could see it working uh, if you don't like croutons like cat. If you draw the hard line on croutons and you still want a tiny bit of crunch in there. I think you go a little too wacky if you start throwing in like the Chicago mix or something <laughs> like that. Like. <laughs> You start going Cracker Jack, okay, it's not a salad anymore. Now it's dessert. Doesn't it just get soggy, though? I mean, if you got the dressing on there, doesn't the popcorn, well, it's a, like, it's, it's gross. It's kind of the same thing as as cheese or anything you leave in the salad too long. If you leave the, the cheese in there, it starts to get, like, a weird texture. It's gross. Like, I, eh, no, I, but I'm, I, I'm okay to maybe, maybe experiment with the popcorn. Do you eat the popcorn out of the salad with your fingers, or do you try and stab it with a fork? Hmm. Hmm. Stumper. I, hmm. Long weekend research for Dave. Use a spoon <laughs> to ah, eat your salad. Right. <laughs> Chopsticks. Uh, one in three are totally. Right, there, yeah. yeah. <laughs> one in That's three easy. are totally open to popcorn on their salad. Beans. Mm-hmm. No. No? No, it's mm. a no for me, dog. A lot of protein. You closing yeah. the door, Dave? Edamame beans, pop them on. That's good for me. But if you're talking oh. like like a like a bean salad type of bean, like a kidney bean, or a romano, no, not not unless it's specifically a bean salad. Okay. What about rice? Oh, now we're no. just now we're just no, come on. It's a stir fry now. Yeah, this is not a salad. <laughs> like these are people who just want to feel better, so they throw their rice on a little bed of lettuce, and they're like, "It's a salad." It's not a salad. It's one of those bowls. And you brought up Pita Pit. It's a great example because you can buy those bowls at Pita Pit. It's rice based and then you put all the toppings you want on it. And they always like, do you want lettuce on it? And if you say no, they're kind of like, really? They go, yeah, I don't don't really mix lettuce with my rice. I don't know. Um, but maybe maybe we've been doing it wrong this whole time. I don't think so. I think we're always right. Okay. <laughs> <fair>. <laughs> 
Kat alluded to it way back at the beginning of this episode, but let's give it its due because we do want to make sure that we cover as much as we possibly can on After 9. Health officials in Massachusetts have detected a monkeypox infection in a man who recently returned to Massachusetts from Canada. The Department of Health said the person was hospitalized but in good condition. They are now tracing his close contacts. It's the first confirmed infection with the virus in America this year and came a day after CDC officials said they were monitoring six potential cases. Those individuals sat within three rows of an infected patient on a flight from Nigeria to the UK back on May the 4th, but the risk that they caught the virus, they say, remains low. Monkeypox now. What is this? What is it? Oh, it looks like weird little blisters all over your hands. I I don't know exactly how sick it makes you. Well, I don't know. I mean, I saw the hands and they look blistered. I don't know. Maybe it'll end up on your your head or your chest or your dick or whatever. I don't know where it goes. (laughs) But either way, monkeypox is here. Look at my monkey dick. <laughs> Dave, when are we going to invoke the sa- the health and safety protocols for monkeypox? Are, are we being extra vigilant now? Do we have to wear gloves when we come to work? <laughs> doesn't, every, doesn't everything scare you? Everything as as, does scare me yeah, now. As soon, as soon as you hear something new, you're like, oh no, not again. I think we were tra- we're all traumatized by this last few years. Absolutely, 100. percent So anything new, it's like, yeah, we are going to we're going to be as defensive as possible. I, I as soon as I heard monkeypox i went off oh, no i don't want to know i don't even want to know about it right now i just feel, <laughs> I feel like i'm not prepared for the information about what it is which monkey that's what i'd like to know uh, what happened did this jump from monkeys to humans or is it just monkeypox for another reason i i don't know why we call it that i do know though that the smallpox vaccine is apparently just as effective against monkeypox but you've <laughs> got to have it in your system earlier than infection this reminds me of the beginning of covid when it was coronavirus and corona was going come on yeah and now monkeys out there everywhere are going come on <laughs> fuck out of here <laughs> i uh i i don't know anything else about monkeypox other than Maybe it came to Canada, or maybe it's in Canada. The guy from Massachusetts was here. He was in Quebec. Did he transmit it, or did he catch it from somebody? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Is it a major threat? I don't know. Do I have the time, patience, energy, or desire to think about monkeypox? Not until fall. Let us have summer, and then we can regroup in the fall. Does anyone else feel numb, though? Like, you hear these things, and same thing when we had the, the, like, killer killer bees or whatever the hell it was murder hornets murder hornets like you know see i see what i mean i I start to just kind of get numb and block it out at this point i'm like you know what you can't hurt us anymore i don't care what you're gonna say next the aliens have come officially they landed where are (laughs) they whereabouts are they and and what how what's the eta here are they gonna come to me soon or do i have time to thaw some meat first or (laughs) i gotta thaw out my cold pocket The mother of a three-year-old child in Colorado found a crack pipe in one of her bags that she ordered when she ordered groceries from Walmart. Her name is Tesha. She found the pipe next to a bottle of pineapple juice while unloading her groceries along with her daughter at her home. Britt immediately complained to Walmart but was told that Walmart uses third-party service for purchases through their app. Mm -hmm. So she spoke to a manager who promised her that the driver would face disciplinary action, but didn't specify what that would be. Walmart has since confirmed they immediately deactivated the third party driver after the complaint. 
why are you complaining? It's a free crack pipe. Somebody's missing that right now. <laughs> Was it a little dirty? Did you have to clean it? <laughs> Who the fuck had a crack pipe Honestly. out at work? I don't know what working at Walmart is like. Well, actually, they don't. They work for the it's third courier, party company. Right? Yeah. So you had your crack pipe in hand while you were doing the grocery shopping? Is that what went down here and it fell in the bag? I think Walmart must make so much money off of these third-party online vendors they have. And there's a ton, by the way. And unless you see that it's shipped from Walmart, it's not. It's not. It's a third-party vendor. And I see nothing but complaints about what ends up coming to them. The return. That's why if you go to a Walmart, you'll notice customer service is always jammed. It's usually people returning these third-party vendor products they find online because I've been there before where I've ordered something and I'm like, this is not even close to what they said it was going to be or something was off with it, whatever it is. And they're just rammed with these people. Now, they're great. They'll do a return for you. It's no problem. You still have to pay the shipping for it usually, as is for a lot of companies when you ship instead of going to their store. But I don't know. They must turn a huge profit off of this because I see nothing but issues. Crack pipe, that's a first. But I see nothing but issues. (laughs) Honestly. It's not on the menu, by the way. You can't just order a crack pipe. So this was a freebie. You should double check. I don't know. There's vibrators and shit on there. You never know. Last but certainly not least. Dave, I know you probably don't eat a lot of KFC anymore. Mm Mm-mm. Over in the UK, one of their competitive eaters just set a new record when they downed four KFC meals in 12 minutes. And I read that and I thought, yeah, okay. Am I crazy or does four KFC meals not seem like a lot of meals? Well, what meal is it? Is it like a, a four-piece meal, a 10-piece meal? It's like, what are we talking here? Two pieces of chicken, two sides. Two pieces of chicken, two sides, and four of those. Yes. So we're talking... Eight pieces eight of chicken. Eight pieces of chicken. Eight sides, 12 minutes. That doesn't seem all that unattainable. <laughs> like, you I know, feel like if I sat down and practiced a little bit, I could probably do that. Maybe this is the fat ass in me, but yeah. That, that seems <laughs> sounds pretty easy, doesn't it? I don't know. Maybe it it doesn't just, seem that difficult. Maybe it was just the first person to actually attempt that. Maybe you two need to attempt it. <laughs> what are you You're doing the first for lunch? Moron. Yeah. <laughs> It's tr- does it not seem like that big of a deal? It doesn't seem like, it, like 12 minutes is that long. I watched Kobayashi eat 64 slices of pizza in 12 minutes. Yes. So, you know, this doesn't seem like that much. This seems like he'd be done in about a minute and a half. Here's a question. When it comes to the competitive eaters, I mean, we've all seen Joey Chestnut with the hot dogs. And yeah, you're right, Dave, with the pizza contests and stuff. Do you ever see a day when this will be something that we'll all go and watch? Maybe a sport, maybe something we can bet on. Like, will I someday be able to bet on how many hot dogs Joey Chestnut's going to eat? I bet you you Probably. can. Probably, yeah. I bet you there's places that take bets on that stuff. And like the the Fourth of July events, the the biggest one, but they do have competitive eating competitions where people will show up to to watch. Um, I hosted one. Uh, and it was Kobayashi. I, I up close and personal watched him eat the sixty four slices of pizza in twelve minutes. And a no word of a lie. Half an hour later, he went for lunch. No, like I'm, shit. I'm not. I'm not joking. And I was sitting there at the table with him. I'm like, how is this possible? How are you eating? This doesn't make any sense to me. You just ate 12 or in 12 minutes. You ate 64 slices of pizza. How is this a thing? I, I was I was sick. I'm like, I don't think I can eat pizza for like a month after watching it. I didn't even have a slice of pizza. Well, of course, there's probably none left. <laughs> you had all of it. <laughs> you asshole. I invited you over for pizza and you ate everything. <laughs> That's right. Was it cool, though, to be able to see that in person? 
It's not. It's gross. Oh, really? It's gross because oh, yeah. there's yeah because they all have uh, especially the competitive eaters that do this a lot. They have different training regimens they go through. He does this thing called the Kobayashi wiggle, where like he stands up and like like moves his stomach in a way to try to get the food to move down. Oh, I don't shit, know if that gross. works. I don't know if it works or not. Oh. But but they it's not like you're eating a nice slice of pizza with a little bit of garlic dipping sauce. It's you're dunking it in water and yeah. just like shoving it down your gullet. So there's no um there's no there's no it doesn't look enjoyable at all like i don't i don't know anybody who does one of these competitive eating contests and then takes a napkin and dabs the corner of their mouth when they're done like it's <laughs> you know it's like a they're like what did i just do to myself except kobayashi who's like yeah i'm fine i'm gonna go have lunch that's unbelievable yeah. uh okay lines calling uh, or the lines ringing here so we're gonna go over to our interview cat why don't you set this up who we're talking to and what the show is so there's a really cool show and for me it's a cool mix of things kind of into one new hgtv show of which i like to binge so this looks like a new one it's hoarder house flippers this team Finds a home somehow that's basically abandoned and likely once belonged to a hoarder, just filled with gunk, overgrown trees and bushes. And the job is basically to take that and flip it completely. So I am interested to be speaking with the hosts of the program, a few of the people. There's actually three teams that will be working on the show through the season. The premiere is tonight, actually, May 19th. Good morning. Good day. Can you guys introduce yourselves, please? Yeah, I'm Kiki, well, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Kiki, and I'm at the designer team with Ryan, um, and uh, Ryan's my husband. Say hi. Yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan. Thanks for having me on, guys. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. Okay, so hey, I'm Mike Starr, and I'm a realtor and a flipper. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining us, guys. A husband and wife team as a part of this too. Have you previously worked together, or was this kind of your first time collaborating outside of personal life? No, we've flipped many times together. Um, so the show really just is coming in and documenting, you know, what we already do. So that's what's fun about it. And uh, we work well together, uh, sometimes more so alongside each other rather than directly together. But it works. How do you find these houses that are full of stuff? So these houses that are that are hoarder houses are few and far between, to be honest. I mean, they're not as common as maybe uh, TV makes it seem, um, but they're out there. You just have to dig them up and, and find them. So it does take a lot of work. It does take a lot of effort and, frankly, a lot of time uh, to find houses that um, are, are hoarder enough that we can repair and also uh, that make for great TV. Fantastic. And I know you've seen some gross stuff. I know, I know that you guys have seen the worst. What are some of the strangest or just highlights for you for the upcoming season of the show that you have seen? Oh, uh, honestly, in a horror house, you can find some type of treasures, but sometimes you can find some weird, weird things. I remember with me and my brother, we've actually found a, uh, a collection of uh, adult magazine. Uh, like old ones, so it was oh, really? uh, it was pretty fun. But uh, <laughs> you can you can find those strange things. <laughs> I would be I would be uh, yeah. I mean, it would be interesting, I guess, and amusing to kind of stumble across these things. But also the fact that somebody lived there and sat around with that stuff in it. I mean, it takes a lot of work, and I'm sure that first day. What's it like the first day you uh, approach one of these houses? Is it overwhelming? The first day, we really, honestly, just we walk in. And we try to take the emotion out of it, and we check out what's going on, and we just get the dumpsters in, lots of people, 
and we need to make quick decisions of what we can reuse and recycle, what can be donated, and what needs to be tossed out. Okay. Maktar, you're a realtor and flipper. And I'm wondering, I mean, I was recently in the house buying market and, and I had a choice. I mean, I could spend a lot less and get a house that's probably, I envision, like what you guys deal with, or you spend the extra and get something that's done. How much money can you make or save by going low and doing the work yourself? Honestly, you can save a lot of money. And uh, uh, especially with hoarder houses, because usually people are scared to buy those type of houses. So you can get it for uh, for a cheaper price, and at the same time you can make a big uh, transformation. But by, by by buying low, you can potentially make. You have to take a look at the, your comparables and your area and everything. But you can potentially make good amount of money, like very good amount of money. So you guys do this as a career. How did it end up on television? How did HGTV come in? So this um, on my for- end. I'll, you know what? Let's go right. I want to hear from you. <laughs> <laughs> this all started in 2019, for, um, at least for Kiki and I. In 2019, somebody saw me speak at a real estate conference and approached me after the conference and said, hey, we saw you speaking up there. Have you ever thought about doing a TV show? And I said, well, look, what did you have in mind? And, and this person said, you know what? Let's just stay in touch. Let's see what will come about uh, over the coming months, and, and we'll go from there. So that's what we did. We stayed in touch. And progressively over the following um, months and, and years, frankly, because obviously the world changed, uh, the TV show came to light. And uh, here we are today for episode one. Fantastic. Well, we look forward to watching it. Uh, Hoarder House Slippers premieres tonight, HGTV, Thursday, May 19th, 8 p.m. Thank you all so much for your time. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. And on that, we will say thank you for listening to this episode of After 9. We, tomorrow, are going to kick off the holiday long weekend and lots of fun on a Friday. I mean, I'm in the mood to let her rip this weekend. Absolutely. This long weekend is much needed. In tomorrow's podcast, I'll give you an extensive preview of everything I plan to eat and drink this weekend. (laughs) The world's most inconvenient convenience store hangs off a cliff in China and sells snacks to climbers. Crazy. Yeah, and this is annoying. It's cash only, but there's an ATM five miles up. The energy drink company Red Bull last weekend held its World Paper Airplane Championship while Four Loco launched its first annual Squid Games. Taylor Swift delivered the NYU commencement address at Yankee Stadium. Of course, the ceremony lasted a while because Taylor did the speech once and had to re-record it. And uh... The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the ring.